With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. It is officially a draft edition because at this point, everybody's drafting. You either just had your draft or it's just coming up now and we're here to get you ready. And by we, I mean my co-host today, Scott Fish and Matt Harrison from Shock Fantasy. Hello. Hi. Great to have you guys here. It's draft season. It's the best. This is like, it's the best week of the year. How many do you got left, Charge? I got two left. Two left? I got two Ooh. left. I've got a, um, and I hate talking about my own league, so I'm going to keep this very brief. I'll talk mm-hmm. about I, mine then. <laughs> I've got my whiskey guillotine league in which... Oh, that sounds great. The winner gets a bottle of whiskey from all 17 of the people who got cut over the course of the year. That sounds and awesome. So, and if you're the winner, you get 17 incoming bottles. You're getting of, drunk. Uh, of whiskey. <laughs> you don't have to drink them all in one night. Okay, good. Um, and then my other one is also kind of fun. It's similar to an old game that I devised for The Onion. For a little while, The Onion had a fantasy football game that Mm -hmm. I made that was all about inefficiency. You wanted to get, like, as many carries for your running back as possible with the fewest number of yards. Mm -hmm. As many passes from your quarterback as possible with the fewest number of yards and touchdowns. Okay. So I'm doing a – it's like a nega league. Nice. You know, everything bad. It's a great name for it. Yeah, I've and, I've I've played in like race to the bottom leagues where you want negative stuff to happen, but I like the inefficiency angle way better. Yes, right. And yeah. so you know you need people who are still producing. They're exactly. getting the ball in their hands produce, a lot, just and they just don't it. do anything with yes. it. Yes, I love so, that. Yeah, wow, that, I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, That's awesome. it's it's fun. Um, and so those are my those are my two remaining drafts. And, and again, I mention them only because. They're fun, different, unique, and we love that stuff. Coming up over the course of this show, we will give you the teammates that we think are better to draft. Teammates, people on the same team, same position. Would you rather have guy A at his average draft position or guy B at his average draft position? Or as as we've done historically, just take the cheaper guys. I know. It it almost always goes to the cheaper guy. Uh, We'll (laughs) We'll see, though. Almost. we'll, We'll go through the training camp battles that we outlined a month ago. And tell you who won those. We'll answer three tough questions like we do every week. Well, we've got a segment called I Might Just Be Wrong, (laughs) in which we really just identify our fears that 
you know, we all take stands on things. Sure. What yep. are the ones that maybe we're not right about that we're laying awake at <laughs> this night? Is, this is tough for uh, us to a do, vein really. On that. Yes, it is. And then uh, we'll wrap things up with a Thursday night game fantasy preview because we will not have another show. We had, a, we had an NFL game before we're we have another close? show. Oh, my Lord. Yes, and wow. unveil our final sleepers of the year. Let's go around each team for the final time here in the preseason and talk about the one thing you need to know about this, the final week of uh, the preseason before the regular season starts. Uh, beginning with, I think Matt has got the Panthers. I right? do have yes. the Panthers. Okay. Thank you. Uh, who are set to be one of the youngest teams in the league with 17 of their 18 draft picks from the last two years making the team. Mm. That's kind of unheard of. Uh, their defense will make plenty of mistakes, but their offense should be constantly throwing the ball with CMC back and healthy. Plus the additions of Sam Darnold, Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah. And Dan Arnold are ready to make some big impacts. Scott. The Raiders, what do we need to know? Uh, they ended up releasing John Brown, cementing yeah. that role for Brian Brian Edwards in the on the roster and in the starting lineup. Uh, also, Jalen Richard to IR, so it's basically a two-man show at running back, at it least is. early in the season. Who has more touchdowns, Kenyon Drake or Josh Jacobs? Oh, man, don't we have a segment that we can talk about? Well, I think about we should this? talk oh, about that you're right. That is coming up later. You're right. I almost <laughs> Don't my step on your on own that. touchdown call. Uh, for the Packers, starting left tackle David Bakhtiari will begin the season on the pup list as he recovers from last year's ACL. They're being very cautious with him. You know, the Packers' normally stalwart offensive line has undergone a lot of change over the past two years. They lost Brian Balaga last year, Corey Lindsley this season, now Bakhtiari. Uh, is out, and he'll be replaced by Elkin Jenkins, who has been awesome, but he's an interior lineman who's going to have to kick out to left tackle now. And he's one of the greatest draft picks that the Packers have had recently. He's yeah. been fantastic for them. Uh, also, I'll mention this. Uh, rookie wide receiver Amari Rodgers doesn't appear anywhere near uh, ready, based on what we've seen in preseason training camp, to make an impact here. And so He's got to be fifth on that depth chart easily. Yeah. Learn yep. from Cobb for a year. Yeah, that's, that's probably. Do. I think that's probably right about that. Okay, let's uh, let's head over to Washington, Matt. Only 16 players remain from the roster that Ron Rivera inherited just over a year ago. Jeez. Uh, some interesting names that made the cut at the skill position. Samus Reyes is a tight end who never played football before this year. What? Yeah. Wow, okay. Awesome, huh? Uh, Dax Milne was a seventh-round rookie wide receiver and punt returner who beat out Antonio Gandy-Golden for the last spot on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And undrafted running back Jarrett Patterson. Beat out Peyton Barber for a spot and has some big flashes in the preseason. I, I'm telling you, watching him play, Jared Patterson is a decent player. He's probably mm-hmm. the handcuff no, he is. to Antonio Gibson. He is the handcuff you want if you're if you're a, a, the handcuffing type. Yep. Uh Jared Patterson. Let's go to Buffalo, Scott. I should add that uh they actually the Raiders actually did pick up Peyton Barber after he was released. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> remembering that right. now yeah. as yeah. he says that. Wow. Um so he'll probably lead them mentioning. in touchdowns, right? <laughs> There you go. There's your answer. Uh, For Buffalo, there's really not much. I'll just say that uh, Dawson Knox secured the job. They released Jacob Hollister. It's not really relevant for fantasy, but Charch loves it when I waste 20 seconds saying nothing. Thank you. Texans have rookie wide receiver Nico Collins, who was getting first-team reps in the final preseason game and really only needs to beat out Chris Conley to start the season opposite Will Fuller, and I think there's a decent chance that he does that. Nico Collins, I know, Scott, you've been on Nico Collins. I'm on Nico Collins. And so I want to make sure you know that also – all three of the running backs got first and second team looks throughout the entire preseason. Mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, avoid. 
Let's go to the Buccaneers. They play on Thursday, Matt. Yeah, it's been a pretty quiet preseason with all 22 starters from offense and defense returning. But one of the interesting things I found is they have the fourth easiest schedule in the league as the Super Bowl champs, which doesn't happen very often. And in fact, if you play a league with team defense, the Bucs should likely be close to the top spot because after facing Dak Prescott in week one, they do not face another top 15 quarterback from last year until week 14 Jeez. in Josh Allen, and wow. that's it. Wow. Dang. They face nobody. It's all rookies all the time this year and, and frankly, bad quarterbacks. So the Bucks, mm. interesting defense this year yeah. for sure. It sounds boring. Returned all their starters, too. I know. They returned so. all their starters. They, they It feels like they're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, all right, Scott, next up, the Cleveland Browns. Well, another one, there's not much news except for Donovan Peoples-Jones just keeps getting hype, but he's still going to kind of battle, t- uh, you know, Rashad Higgins there for the wide receiver three dirties. I guess uh, if there's an injury, keep that mind, keep, keep that not name in mind. In another in a series of blows to the Colts offense, starting left tackle Sam Tevy tore his ACL. That means longtime veteran Eric Fisher, who, by the way, has COVID right now, is is going to try to be ready by week one to fill in there. It's possible the Colts could start this season without their starting left tackle, left guard, and quarterback, although it looks mm. like Carson Wentz is yeah. heading towards playing yep. Yep. in the opener. Let's next go to the Detroit Lions, Matt. It's all about the running backs and wide receivers. DeAndre Swift has been limited all camp with a groin injury, and Jamal Williams has quickly become a favorite of both Lions fans and coaches alike. And nobody wants to hear this, but I would bet a yeah, yeah, taco, best pork burrito that Williams outscores Swift in fantasy this year. Fantasy points? Yeah, in fantasy points. Uh, On the other side, the Lions cut Brashad Perriman, which I talked about uh, maybe happening last week. Mm -hmm. Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, and a host of others, including the newly acquired (laughs) Trinity Benson. Headline, the weakest wide receiver core I think I ever remember. (laughs) In the history of the NFL. It's down there. Let's head next to the Jets, Scott. So Jameson Crowder still isn't practicing, and he just got put on. He's injured and just got with a groin injury and just got put on the reserve COVID list. We don't know yet at the time we're you know doing this that if it's the ten day or if what his vaccination status is. Mm-hmm. If it is, if he's unvaccinated, he's missing week one. Yes, now because it's uh, nine days away. Yeah, of, nine days of a, of note. Elijah Moore was sort of, you know, who was flashed basically yes. from OTAs forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, my my worry, hesitancy has always been, well, well, Jameson Crowder's a slot receiver who's sitting ahead of him, and he had to overcome Crowder. Elijah Moore just might start week one and both. never look back, and, yeah. you know, that might be – that. there may not be any factor there. They, they've said Eli- they have said Elijah Moore, uh, if Crowder is out, Elijah Moore will bounce outside. Let's go to the Chiefs where – the battle to replace Sammy Watkins as the number two receiver still looks murky. You've got Mecole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson getting run with the first team offense in the final preseason game. Byron Pringle saw some time with the ones, but mostly the twos. I, they, I You don't I, want the second wide receiver in Kansas City. It's never really panned out before. No. So you maybe you just maybe you just don't care. But I think there's I know that Mecole Hardman's been drafted in many leagues mm. on the promise of him getting a big uptick in playing time and taking Sammy Watkins' spot, but I can't tell you that that's happened. Let's go to Seattle, Matt. Uh, Russell Wilson is entering his 10th season in the league, and in the previous nine seasons, he hasn't had an offensive line rank above 18th in pro football focus pass blocking grades. 
That trend looks to continue as the Seahawks <laughs> kept six tackles on their 53-man roster. Nobody does that. No, that's wild. Uh, outside of Dwayne Brown, the, C- the Seahawks cycled through four different starting right tackles in camp. Brandon Shell looks like the projected starter right now, but it's bad. Next up, the Broncos, Scott. So they released Royce Freeman, who then went to the Panthers. Interestingly enough, the Ravens tried to pick up <laughs> Royce Freeman on waivers, which I think is, says yeah. a little something there. But uh, that just gives more confidence to the Gordon-Williams split. They just trust those two guys. I think you're right about that. With Boone on IR, of course, too. For the Rams, backup running back Xavier Jones got cut in the wake of the Sonia Michelle trade and his ankle injury. Jake Funk is your third string running back for L.A. Next up, the Eagles, Matt. Uh, after the Gardner-Minshew deal, the Eagles have the most depth at quarterback in the league with Hertz Minshew and Joe Flacco. The beat writers are calling Flacco the number two right now. Mm-hmm. But people forget how good Gardner-Minshew was last season. He finished QB 15 in pa- fantasy points per game, averaged 251 yards per game, which is better than Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ryan Tannehill in yardage completed 66% of his throws and 16 touchdowns to only five picks. He's going to maybe play more than people want to think. I know. I think he's involved. We've said this all preseason. No quarterback and maybe no player has more volatility to him than Jalen Hurts. And this puts more pressure on Hurts. Mm -hmm. If if he doesn't pass well, they've got really two viable backups that can step in and take that spot from him. This is is something you have to be concerned about if you're a Jalen Hurts owner. Next up, the Miami Dolphins, Scott. I mentioned it last week that that Gaskin really seems to be the guy there. So I'll go to something new where the uh, owner apparently really, really wants Deshaun Watson. But I don't think he, even if he goes there, I don't think he plays this this year. No, not this year. Yeah. Let's go to Minnesota. Irv Smith's season is officially over. He's got a timetable to return that looks like December or January. Tyler Conklin and new Viking Chris Herndon will likely share duties once uh, Herndon gets acclimated into the lineup anyway, there are very few qualified options to catch a Kirk Cousins pass on roster right now. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are going to be targeted like mm-hmm. crazy in this offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next up, Cowboys. Uh, offensive line should rebound in a big way, and it's left tackle Tyron Smith returns after playing just 154 snaps last season. Right tackle Lael Collins returns after missing all of 2020 due to hip surgery. Zach Martin's one of the best right guards in the game. Connor Williams finished 17th overall in PFF's grading. So the Cowboys, bring that offensive line back. Let's go. Patriots, Scott. Mac Jones won the job. Cam Newton is a free agent now. Uh, Probably good for Harris. Uh, The goal goal line work is gone from Cam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stidham on the PUP. Hoyer got re-signed. He got released and then re-signed. So those are the only two quarterbacks on roster right now. Okay. By the way, Cam Newton to Baltimore seems like the greatest idea that they could have because they only have Tyler Huntley as the backup on roster right now. They wouldn't have to change much. Yeah. In that offense, yeah. if they if Lamar Jackson were to go down. And, Cam... and Huntley's super athletic, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they like that type of player. and So, it could make some sense. Yeah. I think Cam's just going to wait for an injury. Yeah. He's just going to wait for a starter to get hurt and then raise his hand and he'll probably get signed. By the way, the the, the backup for one day for the Patriots to uh, Mac Jones was Jacoby Myers. Which oh, is really? <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. For the Saints, it appears that the starting wide receivers for the Saints' home game in Jacksonville – 
will be Deontay Harris and Marquez Callaway. Traquan Smith still not practicing due to an undisclosed injury and Michael Thomas on IR. Did you hear how the Saints chose Jacksonville as the site? All I saw is that they did a comprehensive search for sites, and that's what they came up with. They also wanted to play in Florida because Aaron Rodgers was three and four in Florida history, and Jacksonville was the one that was most expensive for flight travel costs for Green Bay fans to go to Florida. (laughs) Now, that's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Wow. (laughs) All right. Let's head to New York for the Giants. Uh, Saquon. Is he a trap? I think he might be. First off, we have no idea when he'll play. Week one is no guarantee. When he returns, does he get bell cow usage? And according to Pro Football Focus, the Giants have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Can Daniel Jones keep defenses honest? Kenny Galladay's already gimpy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is looking messy. But I might put my hat in my hand and talk a little bit about Saquon later. Okay. Mm. Let's go to the Tennessee Titans, Scott. Ryan Tannehill put on the COVID list. However, he is vaccinated, so he just needs to clear two negative tests before he can come back. He's probably not in danger of missing week one, week one but we'll see. Yeah, and it's a contact thing. Yeah. He is, yep. He is not believed to yes. have COVID. For the Steelers, minor injuries to James Washington and Chase Claypool are in the rearview mirror, and both of them should be playing week one. Next up, the Falcons, Matt. Our own Brian Johnson predicts that Kyle Pitts will be an absolute force in the red zone this year, where Matt Ryan was one of six quarterbacks with at least 80 pass attempts. And guys like Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage, Brandon Powell, Laquan Treadmill combined to score 11 touchdowns. Can you tell Brian wanted me to mention this for this show? Obviously, (laughs) we're reporting what Brian is saying. (laughs) Jesus. I love it. Come to love it. He's He's a source. Cincinnati Scott <laughs> Chris Evans has won the third down the third running back role there there's a ton of buzz around him I and he's a better pass catcher than P Ryan I wouldn't I if I'm a Mixon owner or not I would look at him if there's anything that happens to Mixon I have zero shares of Mixon me too leagues. next up San Francisco Trey Lance chipped a bone in his finger he's going to miss a week of practice and he wasn't expected to start anyway but the injury all but assures Garoppolo gets if all, if not, if the starting job and most likely all of the work in the, at least week one. The Niners have a very weak schedule to start the year, too. This could hang on for a really I, long I time. So I think we're looking at 10 weeks at least of Garoppolo. I'm not for a moment, what did you think of that, them splitting the first team, running back and forth? Like, No, I if, hate that. <laughs> I, fantasy owner, that's the worst thing that could happen for fantasy owners. I want, As a football fan, I want what to, did you I, think? Well, kind of brilliant for a it football. It was kind of fun. For, from a football standpoint, yes. yes. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, there's nothing we hate worse than the platooning quarterbacks. So you never know. Within the same yeah, drive. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> Unless you're in one of those team quarterback leagues. Um, are there any of those left? Sure. I mean, you have to be like in a big Especially 32-teamers. I'm in a 20-teamer <laughs> yep. that's that's that way. Yeah. 49ers says uh, one other thing. Starting slot receiver for the Niners, Muhammad Sanu. Oh, daddy Muhammad Sanu? Daddy, senior Muhammad okay. Sanu. And I, I figured he was... Career was done, but not the case yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinals, Matt. Uh, it's been a pretty quiet camp surrounding Kyler Murray. The Cards have already said, though, that some injuries to Murray might have prevented him from throwing more last season. He ended up under the 4,000 passing yards mark last year, but his rushing upside was amazing. But will they try to take the ball out of his hands a little bit more to mm-hmm. get him throwing a little bit uh, extra this year? That's yet to be seen. Next up, Jacksonville. Scott? This this doesn't even feel worthy, but Jacob Hollister got signed for the Jags, but that tight end depth chart is terrible, so maybe there's, there's not. Off. You're right. There, there's they nothing they also important. signed Tyron Johnson from the Chargers. 
That's of note, I guess, sure. for Brian. I mean, it's a deep. So apparently, we're doing with this whole show is just yeah. about keeping Brian happy. We, yeah. we want to make sure Brian's happy. For the Ravens, Justice Hill returned to practice after missing a couple of weeks with an ankle injury. He is battling Tyson Williams for the backup job behind Gus Edwards. Final couple of teams, Chicago, Matt. Well, Justin Fields is the story of camp, but we're going to talk about him in the next segment. Here's mm-hmm. a few facts about the Bears, though. They're the oldest team in the league. <laughs> okay. They have a rookie defensive coordinator. They face the toughest quarterback schedule in the league. Their offensive line is one of the worst in the league. And Andy Dalton won't be able to hold that job very long because he's going to be running and the negative game scripts are going to make Justin Fields have to come in very, very soon. That offensive line looked so bad in preseason. That is what I think is going to contribute heavily to Andy Dalton having to... The demise of Andy Dalton. Possible demise. On the field demise of Andy Dalton. Final team is the Los Angeles Chargers. They ended up waving both Tyron Johnson and Joe Reed, really securing the roles for Josh Palmer in that in that offense as, as the guy that will come in if there's an injury on the outside or maybe get some some snaps on the outside. Josh Kelly, terrible preseason. Justin Jackson completely locked up that backup role. Yeah, that's anybody. If you drafted Kelly, get out now. I don't think there's going to be any help coming that way. When we come back, we'll go through the training camp battle resolutions. Four weeks ago, we identified all the training camp battles we were going to follow. We'll tell you the winners and losers of each one of those when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. 
Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. If you haven't tried a guillotine league, still time to get into a guillotine league. If you've got friends you want to play with, we can cover that at guillotineleagues.com. Or maybe you want to just join a league with strangers. We've got guillotine leagues at whatever prizing level you would like to play for. As you already know, the way the guillotine league works is kind of special. 18 teams start the season. That's one team for every week of the year. Instead of head-to-head playing, Each week, the bottom team gets cut, and their entire team goes to the waiver wire, where pandemonium ensues for the rest of us who are alive. All you have to do is not be worst. You don't have to have the best team. Just don't finish last. The last team standing wins the whole thing. And one of the things that's nice about the guillotine league is people are like, but Charge, I don't have 17 other friends. You can set them up for however big or small a guillotine league you want. That is correct. We support 8 to 18. Size there we leagues, go. and if you choose an eight or a nine, you can play it twice in the same season. That's right. You could, you know, you get to go with a nine-team guillotine league. You'll have a winner after week eight. Redraft a little guillotini. Guillotini, absolutely. Also available at guillotinis.com. <laughs> we have guillotinis. Four weeks ago, we identified the training camp battles we were going to watch. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back and see who won and did the right team. The right did the team get it right? We begin, Scott, with the Buffalo wide receiver situation beyond Stefan Diggs. How about yep. that? Who about how about that third spot? So uh we had Gabriel Davis going against Manny Sanders there. Manny Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders had all but won the battle, then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh and now they've split time since. It still seems like Emmanuel Sanders has got the job. He in the last preseason game, he he worked both outside and in the slot. Uh, Gabe played ex- exclusively from the outside, but Gabe did way better, catching every single pass thrown his way and mm-hmm. a score. Yeah. So I think the battle's still going on. Thirty-four-year-old Manny Sanders won't give it up yet. I think uh, you and I, I know, we're, we want Gabe Davis. We want Gabriel yeah. Davis. It is this is we're very much typical fantasy players. We want the new guy, the young blood. You know, that's that's always got a lot more appeal than the older players generally do. But this thing could be murkier than we want to think, unfortunately. All right, Matt, yeah. let's go to the Chicago quarterback situation. Yeah, it was uh, Andy versus Justin Fields, and it's Dalton for now. They're probably starting the wrong quarterback, but how long will it last? Week one, they get the Rams and that scary defense. Mm-hmm. Week two, the Andy Dalton revenge game against Cincinnati. That's kind of fun. Uh, week three at Cleveland, that's a really good defense. And then week four is Detroit. And that might be the that's place that, that, that right they want to start Justin yeah, Fields. I so uh, I think he's still worth rostering in redraft leagues where you're looking for some QB upside. But if it goes further than week four, it <laughs> might I, be a little scary. I think Fields starts no later than week I, four. I think we're, we're pretty much going, on that. I think he's going too late mm-hmm. given the rushing upside that he brings. Yeah. And if they if they announced today that Justin Fields was going to start like week two, he would jump up three rounds oh, right yeah, now easily. And he's probably I think there's a fifty fifty chance he starts by week two, and if not two, I think mm-hmm. four. To your point is the, throw him on your bench, leave week. him there. Mm-hmm. Let's go to New England. We know who won the quarterback job there. We do. Uh, New England did did what uh, the Bears apparently were too scared to do, <laughs> and yeah. got their rookie in there to start. Not much. I mean. 
it's it's good for the passing game. It's going to be good for Janu. It's good for the running game. It's good for Harris, you know, because he's going to get goal line looks that Newton took. Uh, but what I want to mention is Mac Jones went from plus 1,000 to win rookie of the year to the favorite Jeez, just by that, that announcement. Unbelievable. I know people who got that plus 1,000 too. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good money. Yeah. Uh, they've got, I like that they've settled on a quarterback who can pass. Yeah. Unlike Cam Newton. Yeah. We'll talk more about that New England situation and Cam Newton's departure next segment. The New Orleans uh, quarterback situation, Matt. Uh, Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill. I thought it was going to be Hill at the uh, beginning of the preseason, but Jameis Winston won it. Um, Because he can pass. Because he can pass. At the end of the day, your quarterback has to be able to pass. That's true. But this whole battle has a whole bunch of stink on it, and I just don't like it. First off, Taysom Hill will not just sit on the bench all game. He will be in as maybe a goal line quarterback, weird gadget player. How much will he take away from Winston? And that's not good. Without bruised and broken Michael Thomas, Mm -hmm. it feels like they're at an all-time low on skill players. The connection between Winston and Marquez Callaway was something to behold in the preseason. But I'm nervous about the Saints having to spend their first month away from home. That's not ideal either. No, that part is, uh, is worrisome. Scott, let's go to the Denver quarterback situation where I think they got it wrong. Okay, yeah, Teddy has this quarterback job on lock. Uh, <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, Thanks, wow. Dad. I'm such a dad. 1.01, Dad. That's what you are. Uh, a lot of people, I, I do agree with you. I think Locke would have been better for fantasy just because the, yep. his upside is unreal. But we, we do have to remember that a quarterback can be pretty average and support wide receivers. Last year, Teddy for the Par- Carolina Panthers had three top 30 wide receivers in both points per game and total fantasy points over the course of the well, season. Yeah, but they were all about 30th. <laughs> I heard some. I heard a really good stat from Warren Sharp that Bridgewater faced the toughest passing defense schedule in the league last year in Carolina, hmm. and he faces the easiest schedule oh, this year. I, in I Denver. did see that it was the easiest. Yep. Um, Interesting. But, but that statement of a QB doesn't have, you know can be a weak fantasy asset and support a bunch of options. Looking at you, Ben Roethlisberger, twenty twenty one. Uh, San Francisco's quarterback situation, Matt. We alluded to it last segment. Yeah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance, and Jimmy has it for now. Uh, uh, of course, Charch mentioned that Lance ended up with the fingertip injury, which means he's going to sit out for a week or so. Yep. I do expect him to suit up as the backup in week one. But Lance was equally as tantalizing and predictably unpredictable for a guy uh, with his pedigree in preseason action. The more I watched of Lance, I think he'll – Certainly be the last of the rookie quarterbacks we see. And this one might extend a lot later into the season before he starts than all of us want to admit. The Denver running back situation. We don't have a lot of clarity here. We don't. There's not a lot of clarity. Uh, The the beat reporters think it's Melvin, but he is Melvin Gordon. But he is Mm -hmm. the one that actually played in the final preseason game and they held Javante out. Part of it could be because. You know, Melvin Gordon's coming back from that injury, maybe kick a little more rust off, you know, while, while he's, you know, trying to get back. Or they didn't, or, or they wanted to protect their lead runner, yep. Javante Williams. I think that's, that's it. That's the scenario I want to I, believe. Yep. I had originally thought they were trying to showcase him mm-hmm. for a trade to one of these very running back needy teams, but. You know, <laughs> they got they got rid of Royce. Would be an so interesting move if Melvin happen. Gordon ended up in maybe Baltimore, Baltimore, <laughs> or with the Rams. Or uh, on behalf know. of all Gus Edwards owners, you shush up <laughs> about that. We're going through the training camp battle resolutions. 
We outlined a month ago the ones we were going to watch. Now we're going through the final set of winners and losers. The Arizona running back situation. Yeah, Edmonds versus Connor. I cannot call a winner. It's uh, it's it, there's no winner to be called. It's a tie. Chase Edmonds is the top of the depth chart, but he, will he be the guy at the goal line? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has one career carry inside the five yard line. Kenyon Drake now in Vegas had 22 inside the five, so Edmonds clearly was not trusted there. And over the last three seasons with Pittsburgh, James Conner totaled 29 carries inside the five and scored 16 touchdowns, which is a pretty good success rate. He's healthy for now, and if he ends up as the goal line guy, he's probably the running back you want more in Arizona. All right. Our final training camp battle resolution is among the Chargers wide receivers. And this one came down to the wire. It did. Tyron Johnson got released, so it became uh, between Josh Palmer, who they has has splashed in the in the training camp and uh, in the preseason here, mm-hmm. uh, and Guyton. It looks like Guyton is going to be the slot backup, and yep. Palmer is going to be the outside backup. That's basically how it's come down to. I think you're right. Guyton played almost entirely slot last year, and so he'll back up largely Keenan Allen, who runs a lot from the slot. So I believe that that is exactly how that part will work out. When we come back, it's a game we like to call three tough questions. You can play along, see if you can go three and oh with our panel of experts as I pepper them with three mind bending. Oh, no. Questions sure to shatter the confidence of my co-hosts. Stay tuned to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian with you. Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. You can download my personal cheat sheet for free at guillotineleagues.com. This is a segment we call Three Tough Questions. Tough question number one. With the unfortunate end to J.K. Dobbins' season, how many touchdowns will Gus Edwards score this year? A, less than 10. B, 
10 to 14, or C, 15 or more? We begin with Scott Fish. I can take the easy route and say he had seven last year as the backup to J.K. Dobbins in most of those games. If you flip that, you'd th- and J.K. Dobbins had nine. So if you flip that, he's he's already close. But in the last three years, the Ravens had 19 rushing touchdowns, 21 rushing touchdowns, and 24 rushing touchdowns. They've said emphatically they want to pass more, but their receiving options, like they're all oh, hurt. they're bad. They're right all now. hurt it's not right good. now. It's so not a good situation at the moment. If we expect them to be as run-heavy, maybe right in the middle of all that, we're talking like 20 one-ish rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Lamar historically takes seven of those, usually about a third. So we're left, you know, in that 14-15 range is is where the rushing touchdowns should be. Who's going to take them? Tyson Williams? Uh, Royce Freeman, they couldn't get off waivers. Um, I think I got him in the 10 to 14 range. 15 plus would mean that they run much, much more and that, you know, Lamar tampers down his his rushing. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on 10 to 14 here. Okay. Matt with uh JK Dobbins season ending. How many touchdowns will Gus Edwards have a less than 10 B 10 to 14 or C 15 or more touchdowns. I'm a little bit disappointed that you and I didn't get to have this battle all year with Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Just I know. because you were just team Dobbins, I was, I all was team in, Edwards, and it just ended. And it's I was like team, well, I like them I, both I, at their prices. My, my <laughs> balloon is all well, deflated. Maybe Dobbins is a lie. Well, um, I, I technically I won. I mean, just, to be, just to be clear. Oh uh, yeah, do that do that touchdown dance over there, Charge on uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins getting hurt. I guess. Uh, first off, the ten rushing touchdown threshold is really tough to hit. It is. Uh, Last year, only eight running backs did it. The year before, only seven running backs did it. And the year before that, only six running backs did it. It is worth noting that J.K. Dobbins did have nine rushing scores last year. Gus had six from, uh, from running the ball and one from receiving. In 2019, Mark Ingram was one of those guys who hit that 10 mark mm-hmm. with 10. And Alex Collins led the running backs with seven the year before, but he wasn't very good at all. So this offense has a history of success for the running back, especially with rushing touchdowns. Maybe not overall success all the time with yardage, but touchdowns. They usually do accomplish that feat. And that's one of the reasons I liked Dobbins so much. So I will go tail between my legs and say B, 10 to 14 on Gus Edwards. I think he'll, I think I'm a bit surprised that he's going to do it, but I think he will. Last year, the Ravens ran the ball 26 times from inside the five yard line. Only three of those runs were by Lamar Jackson. We touched on this last week. People think Lamar Jackson steals goal line runs. He's not he Cam Newton. Not. He's not Cam Newton. If the Ravens runners are going to get the same 23 carries from inside the five, Gus is going to get almost all of those. Probably. Mm-hmm. And if he gets almost all of 23 carries, we're at 10 right there. A minimum of 10 right there for Gus Edwards. So if he's got 10 just from inside the five, last year, half of his total touchdown number came from outside the five-yard line. Ooh. So if you take the 10 touchdowns, <laughs> so you're going to give him another five, 10? No, not a doubling it. <laughs> half his touchdowns. Half his touchdowns okay. came from outside. Yeah. So if he's got 10 from inside, half came from outside. Well, I could double. Oh, we're talking, you're gonna, that's, we're no, talking Scott, let's do some we're math. Over halves. No. <laughs> this is how he easily gets to 15. <laughs> If he has 10 up-close touchdowns, we, we're talking 15 is easy for Gus Edwards. Easy. <laughs> easy. easy to get to but you're, 15. But you're calling 20 is what you're I'm saying. I'm not calling here. 20, okay. but I'll tell you what. It's the right answer is C.
Going, he's going. He's gonna hit 15 or more Man, touchdowns. Where can I bet this line? <laughs> With me personally. Tough question number two. Cam Newton vacates 22 carries inside the five yard line for New England. Totally out of the picture now. How many touchdowns will Damian Harris score this year? Same bit. Less than 10. 10 to 14 or 15 or more. We begin this time with Matt Harrison. Uh, Harris enters his third year in the league. Uh, in his rookie season as a third-round pick out of Alabama, Harris played in exactly one game. And last year, Harris averaged about 14 rushing attempts per game, uh, splitting some time with Sony and, and uh, ceding all goal line work to Cam. But when it became clear that the Pats were out of the playoff picture, Harris was put on the shelf in wrapping paper, and they said, now you don't need to play anymore. We got you. We're going to take the mileage off of you. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a consideration near the stripe as he's mm-hmm. been good in that role in the preseason. But when the games count, I think Stevenson is inactive more often than not as a rookie runner in that offense. I think Harris goes for 10 to 14 touchdowns as well. All right. Scott, with Cam Newton gone, and remember, by the way, at this time last week before Cam Newton had been caught, yeah. we were worried that they would bring Cam in yes. off the bench. Yes. You know, we were like, Mac Jones is way better, Pat. Mm-hmm. He's going to win. Yeah. But will they bring in Cam off the bench and end up putting Cam in, right. in situationally in at the goal line? We don't have to worry about the, that anymore, which is fantastic. So how many touchdowns will Damian Harris score this year? Less than 10, 10 to 14, or 15 or more? So only twice in the last 20 years have Pats had two similar big backs, and we're going to talk about, you know, Ramondre Stevenson and, and Damian Harris here, uh, uh, you know, d- doing this kind of work. And uh, both times, both running backs scored six-plus touchdowns, Dylan Maroney and Ridley and Blunt, um, which generally bodes well. But also, if you look at that 20-year history of Belichick, he does not let rookies jump into the goal line role. He just doesn't. The law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, uh, had a great preseason with rushing touchdowns. Did not get it in the regular season his rookie year. Same with Jonas Gray and other big backs that they've had. Um, Stevenson also fumbled one on the goal line that got mm-hmm. called back. That that Oh, is, that means he's, he's going to absolutely during, sit all year. No, no, no. <laughs> the sense is Belichick isn't super likely to trust Stevenson there. Might even trust James White more there. Well, uh, maybe. He, I, hey, he scored three rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with the 10 to 14 just because I think Stevenson will get some, but not as much as w- some people might want to think. All right, let's start with the math and begin. Actually, I want to start by attacking the naysayers who say they will never draft a Bill Belichick. Did you want one of us to be the naysayers? I did. You guys, nobody's neighing. We're not neighing. You're not neighing. We're not horses. Hold on. Where's our horse noise? Where's our horse? (laughs) There it is. I have no naysayers in this group. LeGarrette Blunt. we're three seasons removed from LeGarrette Blunt leading the NFL in touchdowns. 18, almost all of them up close. (laughs) Deion Lewis, the the second. (laughs) Over the past five years... No team has more carries inside the five-yard line than Bill Belichick's Patriots. And that was with Tom Brady on roster, and they still ran the ball at the stripe more than any other team. Mm -hmm. Over the past five years, no team has scored more rushing touchdowns from inside the five-yard line than the Patriots. Do you really not want any part of that just because it's Belichick? You do. You do. So, again, over the last five years, Patriots averaging averaging 32 carries from inside the five. 
That's a staggering number. And again, the most in the NFL. Damian Harris, for the reason Scott and you both actually outlined, Damian Harris is going to get most of that work. And I agree that Ramondre Stevenson as a rookie is not likely to get Belichick's trust here. If you're about to say 15-plus for Damian Harris, can I parlay that? <laughs> get both together. Can I do the parlay? So, okay, well, you tell me. 32 carries, let's assume, if that's the average for the Patriots from inside the five, you guys know that your your level of expectation is around 50% conversion of the 32 carries into touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Give me the range from just the inside the five touchdowns for Damian Harris then. Oh, he'll obviously score at least 16, Charge. At least. I think we already gave you our 10 to 14 answers. <laughs> All right, so let's say he's not as efficient as we'd like, and he's only at about one-third efficiency here, and okay, it's only okay. 10 touchdowns on these, tu- on these goal line runs for Damian Harris. He's going to score some from distance, right? I mean, if he's got 10 touchdowns up close, at, he's yeah. going to get five over six, 17 games. Probably double. Right? So that brings you to 15 touchdowns. He catches maybe one, maybe one, 16. The correct answer for Damian Harris also over 15 touchdowns. Wow. By the way, Gus Edwards and Damian Harris still being drafted in the fourth round. Fantasy owners are slow to react to this news. Neither one of them catches very well, and I think PPR leagues have suppressed their value a little bit. Tough question number three. Jamar Chase dropped four of his five targets during his preseason games. What is the appropriate level of concern for the Bengals' rookie receiver? Is it none, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Scott? I'm going to go with some here, mostly because of his 62 overall ADP, which is just, it's really high for a guy that's looking more and more like he's going to be the third receiver on his team. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's actually going ahead of the other ones. Uh, T. Higgins been going around later. He hasn't played football in 20 months. I mentioned this last week. He just hasn't played football in 20 months. He needs to kick some rust off. But the, the worst thing is T. Higgins, uh, played a full year last year with, or you know, ten games with uh, Joe Burrow. He played Joe Burrow played with you know Auden Tate. He played with Tyler Boyd. He's comfortable with them from that year. He's a year removed from playing with Chase. And if Chase comes in in week one and makes those drops, how long before Burrow stops trusting that and trusts what he had last year? So, so some, some. I, I think he's some. Ta- I think he's talented enough that he's going to turn it around eventually. But it's some for now. All right, Matt, Jamar Chase has dropped four to his five targets during his preseason games. The appropriate level of concern is none, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread. As the band Cake once said, bowel-shaking earthquakes of doubt and remorse. Mm. That's what you'll get if you draft Jamar Chase this year. Um, I mentioned on an earlier show this preseason that the Bengals' offensive line is absolutely terrible. Joe Burrow is going to need to get rid of the ball quickly if he hopes to avoid another knee injury. They already got the two good wide receivers that Scott mentioned, and I'm nervous that the Bengals won't be able to run three wide receiver sets because they're going to need to keep tight ends or maybe a fullback into block for Joe Burrow. If the third wide receiver is not on the field and Chase continues to have the dropsies, he's going to be the odd man out here. So you're going with bowel-loosening levels levels of of existential existential dread. dread. I'm like, I like that we said that together. That was it fun. Was, it was very special. Jinx, mm-hmm. buy me a Coke. Considering where he's been taken 
and being taken. And his average draft position is wide receiver 32, which puts him, you know, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So people are drafting him like he's one of the one of the a team's best starting receiver. Considering where he's being taken, both Dynasty and Empire Leagues and redraft, you should have B-L-L-E-D. <laughs> oh, boy. Joe Burrow's inconsistent Bleed? training camp is a worry. You've got the bad offensive line, and I thought your point, Matt, on the on him on them needing to bring in tight ends to block, I think is extremely valid. Um, the missed year last season, which uh, which Scott outlined, totally valid as well. And then you guys both hit on T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are really good and established. Mm-hmm. Those guys aren't going anywhere. The guy who is Jamar Chase. Mm. That is a concern. All right, let's go. Uh, I've got a bonus question for you. Ooh. Do I have once upon a time I had I had a I had a tough question. I had a tough question number four on my tough question number four. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh which wide receiver should be wide receiver one? Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? Give me 15 seconds. Uh Devontae Adams for me. I think Rogers is just gonna go all revenge mode this year and just want to prove light the light everything up on fire. Matt? Yeah, I agree. Adams, he's a goal line wide receiver. He's he's there inside the five guy. Tyreek Hill, because when Patrick Mahomes takes those extra two steps and he unleashes a laser 50 mm-hmm. yards downfield and it's at its apex, you are jumping out of your sofa yep. because you know the most exciting player in the NFL is getting yep. under that ball. There's no wrong and answer is, here, but you get my Tyreek Hill. You, 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 you can just get tingly when you watch the Chiefs play. Uh, well, who doesn't, as a matter of fact? <laughs> Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two continues in moments. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian from guillotineleagues.com. Scott Fish and Matt Harrison, Shock Fantasy with you as well. Gentlemen, 
one of the conundrums that every fantasy owner has, what to do when you like a player at a position and there's another good player, same position, same team. We play this game every preseason. I'm going to give you two players, well, usually two, in some cases three, Mm -hmm. at the same position on the same team and tell me, given the average draft position, the round you'd have to take them in, who would you rather have? We begin with Seattle. Would you rather have DK Metcalf in round two or (laughs) Tyler Lockett in round five? Scott, I will go to you first, apparently. You're very anxious to cover this. I don't need to go on on this. It's just DK Metcalf. He, he, He puts up numbers nearly every week. He had a few duds last year, but Tyler Lockett is a guy that you're getting three to four weeks. We've detailed this. He only had four games over 70 yards last year. He had eight of his 10 touchdowns come in three weeks. He had 50% of his stats the week. And, and that's before. not just last year. It's no. it's it's a couple yeah. years running. That's the year before, fifty nearly fifty percent of his stats came in in four games. He's had twenty eight touchdowns in the last three years that have boosted him up and made fantasy owners think that he's amazing. What if that regresses? You've got mm-hmm. nothing. That was a very succinct response, Matt. You have anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, normally it is like the guy who's later in this one, but I have a few that are, are, are the guy ahead in the draft. I have DK Metcalf as well. Um, I put Met or Lockett on my list of players that I wouldn't draft last week. So I can't like say I'm going to no, take no, him no, now. Of course not. I had to stick up for what I said before. We're all, it's three, it's three to zero. We all agree. We'd rather have DK Metcalf in the mm-hmm. second round. Next set of teammates. Would you rather have Detroit running back DeAndre Swift in round three or Jamal Williams in round eight. This time we start with Matt. Does anybody want to take me up on that burrito bet that Williams outscores DeAndre Swift? Mm, no. Yes. Oh. Oh. I think I think, I was, I think Williams is going to outscore. Yes, I will. DeAndre take, Swift. I, I'll take that I, bet. I, I not for that, but I'll come okay. up with. Oh, because Scott doesn't like burritos. Burrito. <laughs> Who doesn't like a burrito? <laughs> That's insane. Anyway. Let's hear your justification. Well, I think I I think that he's more healthy. He's mm-hmm. he's a guy who can be a pass catcher and a runner. Um, and I'm just worried about Swift's durability. Uh, round three is way too early for me to draft DeAndre Swift with a guy I have a lot of red flags on. And Jamal Williams is in round eight. That's that's where you start throwing darts like that. Okay, Scott. Yeah, I knew you'd take Jamal Williams, especially after you uh, took him as your sleeper last week. So I, I immediately decided to go the other, <laughs> the other route. Way, yes. Just <laughs> not not because I totally disagree. I actually like that as, as a nice sleeper pick. I'm taking Swift because he's still an early second-round pick that in limited touches last year still scored 10 touchdowns. Hmm. He only had 160 touches, and he scored 10 touchdowns. Um, it's uh, it's going to be an okay offense. They're going to be behind a lot, and he's the pass-catching back. Dan Campbell has compared him to the Kamara role. Anthony Lynn has compared him to the Eckler role. Yeah. Uh, so if he takes on any of that, and there's a very long history of running backs to get 150-plus rush attempts and 50 catches, which he's very capable of, of landing as a top 12 running back. I'm going to I'm gonna take that. I will say there's concern that, you know, they've also made statements about going hot hand, but I'll take Swift. Yeah. I'll take Swift in that upside. Uh, I will take Jamal Williams in this one, but I worry. I do think Swift is going to be the better back. I'm taking your bet. I don't mm-hmm. think Jamal yeah. Williams is going to outscore yes. Swift, but 
But you don't want DeAndre eight, Swift at round, round eight. three. <laughs> round eight is an yeah. awfully good it's value. The price tag. Yeah. I, the price I very tag. much agree with the, the price tag on okay. Jamal. All right, but you still picked Swift. Yep. Okay. Next is Minnesota wide receivers Justin Jefferson round two or Adam Thielen round five. This one we start with Scott. I'm going to stick with Jefferson. I think he's got every possibility, especially with Irv going out and, and with the other pass-catching options there, of just becoming a true number one alpha. If he ends the season as the number one wide receiver in fantasy, I would not sh- be shocked. And I, I love having a guy like that on my team. I I don't I think the Thielen regression is not going to happen like people think. Maybe the touchdowns aren't 14 again, but mm-hmm. he's had 7, 6, 9, etc. in recent years. I think he gets a decent amount of touchdowns, and he's going to get a lot of targets. I'd just rather have that p- potential wide receiver one on my team. All right, Matt, Justin Jefferson, round two, or Adam Thielen, round five? Uh, In best ball, I ended up with 25% of Adam Thielen and 10% of Justin Jefferson. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Mm. Thielen's my answer. Yes, he's older. Yes, there's a little bit of injury stuff that's happening with him right now. But when he's on the field, he's as consistent as they get in the league. Kirk loves him, especially in the red zone. And the Vikings have no one else to throw to. Also, baby narrative. His first baby, he had 1,300 yards. Oh, second baby, he had a 14 touchdown season. He's go. got another one coming this year. Oh, geez. Uh, I didn't know that. He's expecting. That's yeah. very important. <laughs> um, I think you guys hit on all the keys, the salient stuff here. Why Thielen remains, and I like Jeff. I don't have any problem with Jefferson I don't round have two, anything, but I, Thielen round five is stealing. Yes. As you mentioned, the end, the goal line propensities. Yeah. He scored seven touchdowns on eight targets from inside the five yeah. last year. That yeah. is remarkable for Adam Thielen. Next, in Cleveland, Nick Chubb in round one or Kareem Hunt in round five, Matt? One of these running backs has RB1 overall upside. The other one has maybe RB12 overall upside. So I'm going to go with Chubb on this one because he's one of the best running backs in football. Uh, Pro Football Focus has graded him as such the last couple of years. And I think that there's a possibility that we could see the workload steer much toward his direction if he's completely healthy this season. And we might see Chubb kind of, kind of teetering on the two-thirds to one-third share over Kareem Hunt. Okay. Well, Scott? You, you kind of said almost exactly what I was going to say. Um, Chubb had over 100 yards and or scored in all but one complete game he played last year. I really want that on my fantasy team. I understand that when he plays in games with Hunt, in his games with Hunt, he averages 1.35 receptions, which is <laughs> bad, not good. Yeah. But one of the things that constantly gets talked about is Hunt could be a RB one if Chubb, if Chubb, you know, or Hunt could be an RB one if Chubb goes out. Well, if Hunt goes out, Chubb is bonkers. He's best, just going to go insane. Back in football. But actually, I don't think they would even. I don't think they would give him. 22 carries. I think you'd see a lot of Dearness Johnson. For a while, he was averaging over 20 touches, though. So even with Hunt on the team. It's so. worth noting that Scott has taken the early guy in each one of these battles after, so far. A, after tipping his hand <laughs> early, that, that wasn't going to happen. That, he, that was a lie. <laughs> yes. Complete lies. I tease the listeners. I also would take Nick Chubb in round one. Next up, Scott. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown? Evans is going in the fourth, Godwin the fifth, and Antonio Brown the seventh. Yeah, the string, the streak ends here. The streak okay. ends here. Uh, this one's actually pretty easy for me. It's Antonio Brown for me. He led in target share to end the season. In fact, he led the t- led the team in targets four of the last six games once he got acclimated and was on that team. Uh, another full off season to work with Brady and, and get that down. Um, 
Evans' numbers declined quite a bit last year, and he barely crossed that 1,000-yard threshold mm-hmm. that he crosses every single year. I do think Godwin is a great fit for Brady. I actually really love Godwin with Brady, but that three to four, two, three or so round difference is enough for me to say I'll take Antonio Brown as my wide receiver three on most of my teams. All right. Which of the Bucks wide receivers, Matt, would you take? Is it Mike Evans in round four, Chris Godwin in round five, or Antonio Brown in round seven? Well, Chris, uh, Scott stole my thunder on Mike Evans. I, I, I think that his downside is definitely there. I took Chris Godwin, though, because we're one year removed from Godwin being the number two overall wide receiver in fantasy. He's in a contract year again on the franchise tag. He did miss some time last year with injury. Yeah, he was dinged up and playing hurt yep. a lot. Yep. And plus, Antonio Brown is a psycho and will get kicked <laughs> out of some games at some point sure. this year. And I don't want to have to deal with that at all on my team. I have Chris Godwin as well. All right, a couple more teammates that we're going through. Which would you rather choose? Matt, If among the New England running backs, would you rather have Damian Harris in round five, Ramondre Stevenson in round 11, or James White in round 12? Uh, I have Harris. Uh, I remember drafts back in June where I was getting Harris in like the eighth or ninth round, and that yeah, was so much dead. fun. That's all dead. Uh, with Cam out of the way, we we talked about it. Harris has a shot to just be a true bell cow runner. I understand year. he has 15 touchdown upside. Uh, maybe 20. I don't know. It yeah. could be 20. Scott, do you feel any differently? Yeah, it's not close. We have a rookie and tiny pass catchers behind him. All right, let's go to San Francisco. Deontay Johnson in round four. I'm sorry, it's not San Francisco. This is Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson in round four or Chase Claypool in round five teammates ranked very near each other scott i hate you making me do this because you guys know how much i love chase claypool i know you do (laughs) uh i think i'm gonna go with deontay johnson because there's a lot of great players still in that fifth round Mm -hmm. um we just talked about one chris godwin uh but deontay johnson going in the fourth he's just an insane target hog he doesn't get a ton of yards with it but maybe that comes along if you watch drives with ben Ben Tar- Ben looks at him the entire time, the entire drive down the field. Um, so if and Ben throws short a lot nowadays, so that's where Deontay lives. All right. Do you feel any differently, Matt? I do. I have Chase Claypool. Both these guys are super talented, but Claypool, a little bit more versatile. He ran in two scores last year to go along with his nine rushing t- or receiving touchdowns. Plus, there's some drop issues for Deontay in the past. Yep. So I'm going to take the guy around later and uh, take Chase Claypool here. I, Chase Claypool, if he him. gets a lot better in year two, which many receivers do, he could be right? He could make a DK Metcalf jump. He could. He could make a DK Metcalf jump. This, yeah. they, he is potentially sitting on a very, very good yep. season. But I'm picking Deontay Johnson because I like receivers who get the ball in their hands a lot. And yeah. Chase Claypool, when he does not score, scores a lot. When he does not <laughs> score, doesn't help you as much. And at the end of the day, I want receivers who've got the ball in their hands. The end of the day, you want receivers to score touchdowns, though. Well, right? that, I mean, yeah. that part is good. I mean, six, six of those ten came in two games. Like so. <laughs> yeah, that's some. That's that's a great point. That's a great point. All right, Matt. Which of the Las Vegas running backs would you prefer to have, Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake? Uh, it's uh Josh Jacobs for me in round three over Drake in round nine. I've never been a believer in Drake. He's just a guy. He's just been a guy, and he's had a lot of rushing rushing touchdowns near the stripe. For for Arizona in the past, so I just think Drake's just a guy. I'll go Josh Jacobs. Okay, 
I don't want either, but if yeah, I, if, I, I don't really if, either. If I have to choose, I'm choosing Drake only because I like so many more things in that third round. It's not even a Jacobs or Drake thing. It's just what's available in the third. Also, round. I'm seeing Jacobs start to fall into the fourth a little bit too. People are a little depressed on him I right think now. I, well, you think they're depressed on Josh Jacobs <laughs> now? Wait till the season starts. Yeah, and that's Kenyon Drake. I'm I'm taking him because he's round nine. Yep. I, I, yep. I, that's, know, that's 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 the beauty yep. of it. I don't want anything to do with Josh Jacobs. In you don't really round. want anything to do with Kenyon Drake, but this no, is I one don't, of those but at least gun that, to your head yep. situations. Right. I, but that's six We're the exact later. page. We're the exact page. <laughs> All right. Final one. Denver's wide receivers. Jerry Judy in round six or Cortland Sutton in round eight. Scott. Man, so I was really optimistic in what we saw from Sutton most recently, uh, and the, because the reports and videos earlier was hesitancy and maybe like his knee, like he was still feeling injured. But now it looks like that confidence re- has returned. Uh, but honestly, I feel like Judy just fits Teddy's game a little bit better. I know that they both can thrive, but I'll, I guess I'll take Judy. I think the breakout's coming this year. Okay, it's tough. Uh, I'll take Cortland Sutton. He was a round five pick in last year's ADP, and mm-hmm. I'm buying the dip. Uh, he, he's, he's back. He's healthy again. And Jerry Judy was healthy all of last season and was really just disappointing for the entire year. So I'll buy the dip on Cortland Sutton, take the late guy, and uh, hope for the upside there. Yeah, I just don't want the – I don't want the coming off the ACL. That's, mm-hmm. to me, the difference here. And Judy was not – I don't think you can characterize him as bad last year. No, it's just, just a think, little disappointing. It, it, I think he did what most – Good, what most good rookie receivers do in their first year, just mm-hmm. not what Justin Jefferson did in his first right. year. Sure, and I think the year two bounce is coming for Jerry Judy. We'll take him and round number six. I believe they're soft Jays, though. Yeri Judy, Yeri Judy. Let's uh, come back with. I might be wrong. I might just be wrong. These are positions we've taken over the course of these preseason shows that we're laying awake night going. Um, you know, maybe I wasn't quite right about that. We'll uh, tell you what's keeping us awake nights with our some of our hottest takes from the preseason when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly continues. Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, I am Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. We have two new ways to play guillotine leagues. Number one, Super Chop. 12 teams in 12 leagues all vying to get ultimately one champion. 144 teams all vying for each other. This is our high stakes way to play guillotine leagues, including a grand prize of over $3,000. If you would like to participate or learn more, go to guillotineleagues.com. We also have guillotinis, our smallest guillotine leagues. Oh, Just, they're so cute. They are so cute. Just nine teams. So that means it wraps up at the end of week number eight. And then you can turn around and draft again. Take you know, all the same people if you want to. Draft again. Guillotinis, also available Sounds at guillotineleagues.com. Easier to win, right? If you only have Eight other people you're playing against, mm-hmm. not 18. That's That makes it a little bit easier. This is a segment called, I Might Just Be Wrong. Look, I know what I told you to do, but when I told you to do that, I was wrong. <laughs> Ralph, I was wrong. <laughs> I was not exactly right. What do you mean, not right? I mean, not right. I don't get you. You mean you were wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Malfi. I was what you just said I was just then, yeah. I might just be wrong. <laughs> oh, that's Yeah. Uh, Scott, tell me what's keeping you up. You're, you're self-aware enough to know that sometimes, yeah. and we've lost. Was that the fantasy know, Fonzie, by the way? That, yeah, that was the fantasy. <laughs> that was the fantasy Fonzie. Where's the other fantasy? We have another fantasy Fonzie in here. I think it's dead. just Brian going, hey. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um <laughs> You know, we're wrong plenty on this show, and we're going to get things wrong. We always do. Mm-hmm. Scott, give me one thing that's keeping you up right now, laying awake at night, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah. oh, man, I'm giving all this advice. I hope this thing isn't wrong. Well, Church, I'm worried I'm wrong about Antonio Gibson. I, my view is last year they focused on teaching him the running back position, and mm-hmm. that's why McKissick got so much receiving work. Yes, a converted wide receiver, Antonio Gibson. We knew, we all knew last year going into the season that Antonio Gibson coming in as a wide receiver, great great pass catcher, Mm -hmm. great in space. That's that's something he excels at. And then he didn't do it all year. I mean, he had 36 receptions. but Yeah, but McKissick was the clear receiving target. Mm -hmm. I feel like he needed to learn the running back position. And now that he's had a year, he's got Ron Rivera, who had Christian McCaffrey. Now he's going to be their version of Christian McCaffrey. They're going to add that element to his game to him. And he's he's going to get that 10-plus touchdown. He had 10 touchdowns last year. He's going to get yeah. more than that. But what if I'm wrong? 
what if McKissick is just too good of a pass catcher? And right. they're like, we, this yeah, is the it goal. worked last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what worries me is that he does not become the pass catcher, the 50, 60, the 60 plus reception pass catcher. I think he should be in that offense. We are drafting Antonio Gibson in the, at the end of the first round. That's under an assumption to, for him to reach that level yeah. and return on that. He has to catch more passes. And if he doesn't, you're going to end up with less value than where you. Where I got him at in. running back four on my latest cheat oh, sheet. Jeez, let's go! I, All right, <laughs> I, I picked fourth in the draft the other day. I took Eckler and I debated Eckler, Gibson, and Najee because that's where I have them in my rankings. Mm-hmm. Wow, I like it. Very contrarian rankings here. That's part of the reason I like this show. Is that most you know, our, uh, as a group, our hosts, yeah. we are not beholden to the groupthink of fantasy industry right. experts, which is fantastic. Matt, what is something that's keeping you awake at night, worried that we might not be right? Um, that Lamar Jackson is a top five quarterback. I mean, he has been his entire career, but I'm a little worried that he's never yet thrown for 3,200 yards in a season. Which is not a high number. Not, not a high number at all. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him 17th amongst quarterbacks in passing grade last year mm-hmm. behind such notable, awesome fantasy quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Phillip Rivers, and just like a fraction of a grade above Daniel Jones. Yikes. Uh, he Jackson has all three of the all-time top seasons ever for quarterback rushing attempts. Is so he, what if those dry up a If bit? he's a running back that just hasn't gotten hurt yet, that's mm-hmm. a problem. And will he be asked to run more this season due to the loss of J.K. Dobbins? The offensive line took a step down, and he still doesn't have any wide receivers. The coaching staff has been saying for two years that they want him to pass more downfield, and can he actually do that? I'm nervous that it all goes wrong for Lamar Jackson this year, if not very soon. I'm laying awake nights wondering what if Ben Roethlisberger has one great final season left in him. Because I've, I've, I'm out on Roethlisberger. I'm yeah. mostly out on that passing offense because I don't like what I saw last year from his arm and the way they used him. They fired their offensive coordinator, Randy Fitchner, mm-hmm. and now they've, you know, now that, you know, and and he was bad. Maybe this new offense, he's comes in trim. Maybe Ben has got one great season left in him, yeah. and I shouldn't have him ranked as quarterback twenty-one, <laughs> and you know, I shouldn't have his receivers where I've got them. What if he's got one great season left in him? The path is kind of there too. Like you can see it. Like if even if his arm is shot, Deontay is a close to the close to the line of scrimmage guy. Juju is. Fryermuth and Chase Claypool are big. You know, can go up and grab touchdown guys. Mm-hmm. Like and Najee, Najee drawing drawing people away. Oh man, mm. I know. It's, the offensive line's bad, and it's gonna uh, be bad. But maybe it won't matter. Yeah. I think That's, everybody's got him ranked low. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. That's we where I'm seeing wrong. him go. We yeah. could be wrong. My my attitude is I'd rather get out a year too early on a aged veteran. Yeah. But maybe this isn't the year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you got another one that's leave that's yeah. that's keeping you awake, Scott? Yeah. yeah. That you so might be Antonio wrong about? Gibson's the one that I yeah, I lay awake at night. But I, I get to sleep, and then I wake up in a cold <laughs> sweat when I think, <laughs> Am I wrong on Lavisca Chenault? Mm. I am drafting him way higher than everybody, everybody else. and yeah. it, it scares me that I believe he is going to take the Urban Meyer Percy Harvin role from Florida. Yeah. I believe that that Urban Meyer wanted Etienne in that role, and now that Etienne's gone, that's Lavisca. He's going to use him in space. He's going to use him a bunch. 
He had a 600-yard season last year. This year, I think he, you know, bumps that up a ton. But what if, what if he's Cordero Patterson? What, mm. what, what if he's Cordero Patterson for the Vikings? Just well, a gadget be. guy. 400, yeah. 500. Yeah. The, they, make, they make some plays work, but he never gets great enough volume to be truly awesome. What if they yeah. have too many other options? And can only score from 60 yards out. Exactly. That's, where the, that's, <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. where the cold sweat comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is maybe he's that guy instead of the guy I want him to be. All right, Matt, do you have another thing that's keeping you awake nights that you might just be? Hold on. I was about okay. I was not exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, after my melatonin wears off and I wake up at about four in the morning, mm-hmm. I, I think about how Saquon Barkley actually might not be a fantasy trap, and he actually might be the RB one <laughs> this year. RB one, um, <laughs> jeez. The injuries are a concern, as is the offensive line, as is the quarterback, mm-hmm. as is the coordinator. But let's attack them one by one. Injuries. Let's just say Saquon is almost fully healthy, and they've been kind of saving him for when games count. They're being cautious and not playing him when games don't matter. Uh, The offensive line. The line was terrible in 2018, and he had over 2,000 total yards and 15 touchdowns in 2018. The quarterback. The quarterback in 2018 was Eli Manning, who at that point in his career was not significantly better than what Daniel Jones is right now. Hmm. And the coordinator, Jason Garrett, who... Yeah, let's face it, Coach Garrett, is uh, he's not the greatest coach in the world, but mm-hmm. he did one thing well in Dallas, and that was hand the ball off to his bell cow runner in Zeke and get the ball in Zeke's hands over and over again. He didn't have any other ideas. It was give the ball to Zeke <laughs> as many times as possible. And the same could happen with Saquon. So I, he, he's going by me. I'm passing on him every time he goes by me in the second round, and he just might be a first-round league winner this year. The thing that's leaving me sleepless at night, if Jalen Hurts evolves as a into a great passer, I've got him ranked really, really wrong. Right now, I've got him at quarterback 12. The rushing upside, that's a, probably an appropriate ranking. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I don't trust the passing that I saw last year. Yet he notched two... In uh, two 300-yard games in his four starts. Yeah, he's got that Kyler Murray upside there. He does right? have Kyler Murray upside. And that if if he can evolve as a passer, and he and it, that means I don't have to sweat Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco taking his job, then I'm really wrong on Jalen Hurts. And he's got freaky upside. So when Lamar came out, not, not came out, like I think it was his second year, I, I tweeted about a stat that I think it was – a quarterback who rushes for over 500 or is it 600? I don't know, 500 or 600 yards has never finished below QB7. Mm-hmm. And that's very that's almost it's likely very, it for Jalen Hurts you, if he it does that. Where he's being drafted, which is around, by the way, quarterback 12, where I've got him ranked, is typically where he's being drafted. You're almost counting on him getting benched at some point yeah. at that level. Th- that's basically what we're, it is. We're, but yep. we're basically drafting him at his floor. Yeah. For Jalen Hurts. That's keeping me awake for sure. When we come back, final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly, we will break down the Thursday night game. We've got live, real games coming on Thursday and unveil our final sleepers of the year. Please stay tuned. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hey, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly. We've got real games happening in less than a week. It's so close. Thursday night, Dallas, Tampa. Kind of odd that, you know, normally the Thursday nighter is a rematch from the playoffs or at least two teams in the playoffs. But apparently the NFL has decided America's team is a big enough draw that they would put Dallas <laughs> into this prestigious spot as well, the opening in the opening game. Weirdly, Tampa gets the second place schedule from their division, so they don't have any of the you know yeah, top flight that? teams. So that's yeah, why their schedule's a little bit at easier. Least a couple, they, mm. they skirt a couple of them anyway. Yep. America's team, pa. That's what I say to that. <laughs> uh, let's go through the outlook for players from the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, beginning on the Cowboys side. Dak Prescott gets a B grade. I think there's a bunch of factors working against Dak in this game. He's going to have to chisel off a thick layer of rust after missing most of last year in the preseason. His Frankenstein foot adds questions to his mobility. I don't expect a lot of running here. And remember the last time we saw the Buccaneers pass rush, they were turning Patrick Mahomes into a slurry. We're going to watch the status of right tackle L. Collins, who may miss this game as well. And But in a moment, the upside is you're going to hear that I like his receivers' individual matchups a lot. Okay. So there's still some upside for Dak in this game. CeeDee Lamb gets an A. Lamb ran predominantly from the slot last year, and if he does that, he's got a terrific matchup against Sean Murphy Bunting, a coverage liability for the Bucks, who allowed a passer rating of 108 in his coverage last year. There we go. Lamb has looked fantastic in camp. Murphy Bunting allowed the sixth most yards in his coverage last year, which, by the way, for a slot corner to give up the sixth most yards yeah, is a wow. lot. Wow. I also like that there's a baseball player named Sean Murphy, and when he's bunting, he's Sean, Sean Murphy, Murphy bunting. bunting. That's a great point. Yeah. A grade for CeeDee Lamb, A grade for Amari Cooper. Situationally, the Bucks will have cornerback Carlton Davis shadow opposing number one receivers. He did that in half of his games last year. As a big-bodied corner, 
Davis should see a lot of Cooper. And Davis isn't great. He ranked his pro football focus as 46th-ranked cornerback, and he is prone to meltdown games. He had several last year. And Carlton Davis allowed the eighth-most yards of all cornerbacks Jeez. last year in his coverage. So Amari Cooper, A grade. Wheels up. Then there's Michael Gallup with a C. He uh, pulls up. He gets the short straw here with with – if things hold with coverage from the Bucks' best cornerback, the most often Jamel Dean, Dean is, hasn't allowed a touchdown in seven straight games, obviously going through back last year and the playoff run. This preseason, Gallup worked more out of the slot than he ever has before, which hmm. is kind of interesting. And maybe that opens up the prospect for some easier matchups for him. It's not 100% clear that Dean's going to be on Gallup all the time and not Cooper here. So I'm I'm still giving a starting grade on Gallup. Charge, what do you C think grade. about Gallup's like prospects throughout the year? We haven't really talked about him much in the no, preseason. Forgotten man for most of life. Really? And like if if Cooper and Lamb stay healthy, is Gallup a guy that can be startable most of this year? I think you got to find your spot starts there because really? there's not enough balls to go around and Lamb and Cooper are going to eat so many targets, mm-hmm. but I think for this particular matchup, C grade, uh, Blake Jarwin's going largely undrafted, and we're going to watch him and see what kind of condition he's in after last season's knee injury. He is on the bench. Um, As for Zeke, C grade on Ezekiel Elliott in the toughest matchup of his entire year coming right here in the season opener. The Bucs return all 11 defensive starters to a defense that ranked number one in rushing yards allowed, number one in yards per carry, number one in fantasy points allowed, and number two in rushing touchdowns allowed. Wow. Allow me to tell you the notable runners who failed to top 39 rushing yards last year against the Bucs. I feel like I remember this from last year. You probably do. (laughs) Clyde Edwards-Alaire failed twice. Cam Akers failed. Mike Davis. Aaron Jones failed twice. Alvin Kamara failed. David Montgomery failed, Melvin Gordon failed, Antonio Gibson failed, and almost none of them scored Jeez. in addition to failing to hit 39 rushing yards against the Bucks. If I had stones, I would put a bench grade on Zeke, but, but I'm not. But you don't. I'm putting a C grade on him, and here's why. He can chip in through the air, mm-hmm. and this is where Tampa was susceptible. Zeke is an elite receiver. And the Bucks allowed the most running back receptions and the seventh most running back receiving yards. So I think Zeke's going to bail you out that way. Maybe, hopefully, chips in a score through the air. Let's go to the Tampa side. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, all A grades. For Brady, positive matchups all over the field. We'll talk about his individual wideouts in a second here. Evans, Brown, Godwin all have strongly positive matchups over their cornerback counterparts. Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, and especially Jordan Lewis in the slot. We'll talk more about those guys momentarily here. For Godwin, rarely healthy last year, but he gets the he gets the slot receiver role here with a drool-inducing matchup because Jordan Lewis allowed a passer rating of 98 last year and finishes as pro football focuses 107th-ranked cornerback. There aren't even 107 cornerbacks in the league. You're lying. So we like Godwin a lot. Mike Evans is going to see a lot of Trayvon Diggs, who usually gets the call for the opposing physical receiver, and that's Evans. Diggs will probably be better in year year two, but in year one it wasn't good. Diggs finished the year with a quarterback ranking of 97 on passes thrown into his coverage, and Pro Football Focus ranked him 53rd 
at the cornerback position. That's a strongly positive matchup for Mike Evans, who, as I mentioned before, A grade. And compounding everything else, by the way, Dallas's safeties look super wobbly. Malik Hooker, formerly of the Colts, will be playing his first game since blowing out his Achilles. DeMonte Casey is coming off a COVID year. He's got to knock the rust off of that. And before that, he was bad. So the safeties for Dallas are not good either. Antonio Brown should not be forgotten about, Scott. No, he should not. B grade. Brown is uh, will most frequently match up against cornerback Anthony Brown in a Brown versus Brown matchup. They are not related. An I a Brown versus A. a Brown. Well, no, an A N T. They're Ant Brown versus Ant Brown. Wow. Um, somehow Anthony Brown is worse than all the other corners, ranking as cornerback 111 by Pro Football Focus. The worry for me on Brown is just volume. But as you mentioned, Scott, at the end of last year and through the playoffs, the volume was fine. So you could consider Brown an A grade if you want. I've got a B grade on him. And I will note that Brown scored six times in the Bucks' final six games. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in sneaky fashion with maybe Brown is more reliable than the other guys. But I think a lot of it was that Evans and Godwin were beaten down through injury throughout the course of last year. Sure. And Brown came in fresh after not playing the first half of the season. It should be noted they've stated that Mike Evans, they think Mike Evans is in the best, like he's worked harder than he has any other offseason. They absolutely love what he's doing right now. They think he's in prime. Uh, the dreaded season. best shape of his yeah, career. Yeah, never listen to that. Oh, we've, lear- we've learned. Yeah, we've learned. Rob Gronkowski gets a C grade. You're you're looking for touchdowns with Gronk because the volume is not there to make him usually a PPR helper. But you've got an opportunity for just that in this game. The Cowboys were shockingly good against tight ends last year. They ranked second in yards allowed and no tight end top 38 yards mm. in a game against them in the entire second half of the year. But again, we're looking for touchdowns. They allowed a healthy seven touchdowns to tight ends. And that's what you hope you can get from Gronk. Uh, Gronk will frequently match up against rookie linebacker Micah Parsons making his first ever NFL start. Now, he was a first-rounder, and Micah Parsons may be a great player at some point. He looks really good. Game one? You know, maybe not in game one. We'll give the advantage to Rob Gronkowski. And finally, let's talk the running backs. I'm giving Leo Fournette and Ronald Jones both C grades here. It is a tantalizing matchup, which I'll talk about in a minute, but this is the league's most inscrutable running back by committee, and there is no reason to think that Bruce Arians' usage will be any more guessable this year Mm -hmm. than it has been in the past. Fournette dominated the playoffs. You guys know that. But that doesn't mean anything, and Bruce Arians might flip the script just because. Also, they probably feel they have a Super Bowl team, so they might not try to run one too hard. Right. They they could easily flip-flop these guys around. The Dallas run defense was awful last year. They ranked 30th in rushing yards per carry, 31st in rushing yards per game. Maybe a healthy Leighton Vander Esch will help. Maybe Micah Parsons will help. Those are, you know, new additions mm-hmm. from, you know, after Vander Esch missed a lot of last year. He's only a few years removed from being one of the best in the league. Right. So, you know, maybe those things will help this run defense. But until we know that's the fact, this feels like an opportunity. But you've got a lot of danger here. And mm-hmm. you guys all know it. Fournette and Jones, C-grade. You just know that you're flirting with danger. Gio Bernard may not play. He's got a yeah. high ankle sprain. And I don't think he's going to go in this game. And never, I don't start anybody who's playing through a high ankle sprain. Oh, yeah. I'm super I am dangerous. not startable right now. In any no, no, no. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I, you barely made it to the studio. Here. Barely. That's right. You were, you came in questionable, but <laughs> gutted it out. All right. So there's your breakdown of the Thursday night game. Okay. Let's release our final set of sleepers for this year. Matt, who you got? Uh, I got Juwan Johnson and it's a guy maybe you haven't heard of before. 
Um, but fantasy football is all about opportunity. And there are lots of opportunities to catch passes for the New Orleans Saints right now, or should I say the Jacksonville Saints or whatever they are. Michael Thomas is out for a month or more. Traquan Smith is not good. Marquez Callaway has come on as of late, but Adam Troutman was supposed to be the target darling in this offense. He was carted off with an ankle injury a week ago. Nick Vanette is the next tight end in line on the depth chart. He's also injured. So insert... Converted wide receiver, mm. second-year tight end, Juwan Johnson. We love second-year nice. tight ends. We love tight ends that were mm-hmm. converted wide receivers or basketball players. Mm-hmm. And Johnson played wide receiver in college at both Penn State and Oregon and has been one of Jameis Winston's favorite targets yeah. this preseason. Uh, Johnson's best strength may be his elusiveness after the catch. And he's looking like he may be the top tight end on their depth chart in week one, but he's probably listed, but he might be listed as a wide receiver in your league. So check it out. You might have to switch yeah, we, to positions if you're in a, if you're in a league that can do that. Yeah, but he might be listed as a wide receiver in your league. Yeah, at GuillotineLeagues.com, we had we went and sw- we had to switch him to yeah. tight end because yeah. he's, he's he, is, he is a That's tight his end. Depth chart. That's right. Yep. All right. Who is your final sleeper of the preseason, Scott? I am going with Amon Ross St. Brown. You've probably mm. heard me talk about him a few times on this show. They uh, they they kept Tyrell Williams and they dropped. They waved Brett. Brett. I was going to say Brett Perryman. Yeah, it's because you're an old man. That's right. (laughs) Brashad Perryman. Uh, Tyrell Williams is already banged up. Amon Ra has the slot down and and they only have a, two other guys that can play the slot on the team. Mm-hmm. You have a 5 foot 9 160 pound Khalif Raymond who is not going to beat out their fourth round pick. And then you have <laughs> Trinity Benson who spent 2 years on a practice squad and has just come over to the team. That slot role is his. Yeah. He's going to get every bit of the slot work on that team. Um they did pick up Cordero Hodge from Cleveland but he's also unlikely to, you know, jump in the slot and take any any snaps from Amonra. Right. My final sleeper is Baker Mayfield. When we look back at last year and you look at his full season totals, they're kind of underwhelming. But, and I think, Matt, you may have brought this up a week or two ago. I did. You did. I know where where you're going, yes. If you remove these three crazy bad weather games that they had in the consecutive home games, um, if you take that out, suddenly... Baker was a pretty good fantasy producer. His touchdown to interception ratio was great. And this upcoming year will be his second year with the same offensive coordinator and head coach, which he hasn't had before. Head coach, head coach, coach of the year last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, if you take out those three games and then prorate the, the his season across, he would have had a 3,800 yard, 32 touchdown season which is exactly Ryan Tannehill from last year. Exactly Ryan Tannehill. Mm. Tannehill was quarterback eight last year. He's being drafted right now as quarterback 11. Baker Mayfield going off the board as quarterback 18. That is a an there, incorrect delta. There's value fantasy there. Fantasy owners. There is fantasy. There's a lot of value there. And remember, Baker Mayfield has started every game. He's played in the, the postseason. He threw touchdowns in 14 of his 15 non-weather games, so he didn't go leave you high and dry at any point. And, yeah, Kevin Stefanski's got a run-heavy approach, and that probably caps his total upside. But as a safe second quarterback on your team, I think Baker Mayfield's ideal. And you don't even have to take him before round 13 of your draft. Nice. 
How how would you feel about him as your QB one if you decide to go? Okay, twelve just, rounds. Yeah, if just, I sl- and, totally slough that. Yeah, position. totally yeah. slough it, and you grab him and, and Trey Lance. Give me an upside guy after Mayfield. You might you might actually have to take Lance before Mayfield. You probably do. You're right. But uh, there you go. Round twelve and thirteen, you could probably yeah. grab those two and be like. Yep. All right. Right. I got Mayfield for safety. Yeah. And then I've got this other upside quarterback, yeah. which is a possibility. Let me run you let me run you by the final sleeper I thought about but did not use. Okay. Quez Watkins. Yeah. I can see that. Now he most people have don't even know who I'm talking Especially about. Especially in he basketball. Won, you know, he, he, he won, might have some big he games. He might have big some big plays. games. Yeah. That's what he's all about. He won the slot job for Philadelphia and yeah. sent Travis Fulgham to the waiver wire. Yep. I mean that's you know, and Fulgham was pretty good last year. They they really like that kid. And I think he's, you know, I think he's a splash play guy. Yeah. Who in spot starts is gonna be startable. You watch when we're doing our when we are doing our take a chance on me segment, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we identify a slot wide receiver who's got an easy matchup against a slot corner, Quez Watkins' name's gonna come up. He yeah. probably will. I think especially since he lives in the NFC East. <laughs> that helps as well. It does. That does help as well. And you know, look at who he's battling for for targets with outside. You know, they've got competent tight ends, but for receivers, a rookie and Jalen Rager, a, a rookie and Jalen Rager, right? Yep. So you know, Quez Watkins, I, that was the guy I was thinking about. Atlanta made a sneaky move at the end of the year, or sorry, at the end of last week, picking up Wayne Gallman. Yeah. Now and dropping Kadri Allison. Allison. That was a sneaky move. Now. We've had some differing opinions about Mike Davis. None of us think he's an elite runner. No. I think most of us think he's just an okay starting running back. Wayne Gallman was good in spots last year for the Giants. Do you think this bodes poorly for Mike Davis? I think it bodes more poorly than he, it did when Quadre Allison was his backup. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Gallman is a, is a is a better option. I, I had no faith in Allison being anything that could take Really anything away from Mike Davis. But uh, Wayne Gallman is a guy who can take legitimate touches. I, I it, The way I watched Mike Davis last year, he looked good in spots, but as as the game, the starts racked up, mm-hmm. like as the starts racked up, less and less and less so. And and I think that's why he's been a backup most of his career. That uh, So I think that could happen in this where maybe Mike Davis starts out as the guy. Yeah, and, and the, it wears down. Yeah, he starts yep. to wear, and it's more of a split the further we get along. Yeah, I that that move did not get a lot of attention, but it, it definitely caused a little bit of concern for me, Matt. Well, and are we sure that 28-year-old Mike Davis, which 28 is, is ancient for a running back, mm-hmm. are we sure that he's good? Are we absolutely sure? Because I'm definitely not. And not that I'm sure that Wayne Gallman is good or any better, but that there's not That's enough it. there for us to go, this can't be a split backfield here. Yeah. It's it's not as clear as everybody thinks. It's just Mike Davis that, all alone. That's what it was. Yeah. I don't think anybody loved Mike Davis. We just loved the situation. Right, we loved and, the opportunity. And you get more and more average runners in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that was one of our traits of a running back bust, guys that we thought the situation's great, but Maybe it's he's, not. What we he, think. He's maybe not that good of a runner, and it's yep. it, it. Yeah, the situation's great, but uh, it just and, might not work out. And Mike Davis, he's not not built for goal line use, but Wayne Gallman is too. Just put it, Kyle Pitts in the back back there. <laughs> just let him do <laughs> everything. Do it let him be quarterback. <laughs> I know there are some people that would love to have Kyle Pitts. Many people think he's not a tight end. 
Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. Maybe he's a quarterback. Let's Maybe make him running back. Early. Do you think he, yeah. Kyle Pitts can throw and catch the His touchdown? That would be very like impressive. Brad Johnson pull, style. They could pull that off. It'd be wonderful. If you want to download my personal cheat sheet, it's available for free at guillotineleagues.com. Also, final week for full season versions of Guillotine Leagues. Yeah. If you may want to join, join private leagues, public leagues, all available at guillotineleagues.com. We'll be back for a regular season edition of Fantasy Football Weekly one week from now. Bye-bye, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.